MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The New York City Cast is presented by Play Sugarhouse Sportsbook. Play Sugarhouse Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting and has you covered for the NFL season. They are offering same-game parlays in all pro football matchups. They are bringing back their Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Play Sugarhouse Sportsbook. Go to PlaySugarHouseSportsbook.com for details. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Play Sugar House. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Play Sugar House Sportsbook. A good show for you today, a fun show. The Giants win, the Jets win, but the big story in New York is baseball. And it's not the Yankees, who somebody might want to wake up and let them know that the offseason has started. The New York Mets do some Black Friday shopping. They sign Eduardo Escobar, a switch in the infielder. Mark Kanha, an outfielder with some pop. Starling Marte, another outfielder. Not a ton of power, but high average guy, good defense, high on base, so a lot of bases. And they add in the span of a few hours, three really good, solid baseball players on Friday. And then late last night, things began to unfold pretty quickly. At first, it was the Mets are showing interest in Max Scherzer. This was around 9 o'clock last night. It was early in the football game. As I was watching the football game, I started to see the tweets come in and started to intensify in terms of they shifted towards, you know, the Mets are interested to now that the Mets are being aggressive, willing to go maybe a fourth year, willing to outbid everybody and outbid everybody. It seems that they did uh, three years, $130 million is the deal for Scherzer. 
Ooh, there were some questions. Would he come back east? Well, that question has been answered. Um, the Mets were offering, obviously, the most money. And you started to get the sense quickly last night around 9, 10 o'clock. This was more than talk, and this had a good chance of happening. Uh, around 10 o'clock last night, John Morosi of MLB Network reported that Scherzer and the Mets were finalizing a deal. Wait a little bit. Uh, it wasn't finalized until early this afternoon. You started to worry that maybe the Mets were being used for leverage, similar to what happened with Bauer last year. But Mets cap off what was just a fantastic weekend. Really an entire offseason jammed into three or four days. And um, you know, like I said, you started to worry for them. If you're the Mets, you know, between 10 o'clock last night and 1, 2 o'clock this afternoon, okay, is this going to get done? Uh, Scott Boris, who is Scherzer's agent, you know, you worry, is he using the Mets for leverage? Does Scherzer really want to pitch for the Mets? Same thing happened with Bauer last year where last second Bauer uh, was going to sign with the Mets, it appeared, then signed with the Dodgers instead. And, you know, turned out to be the Mets dodged the bullet because Bauer barely pitched. We know what happened with him. And the last, the last thing the Mets needed last year was another black eye, another PR nightmare, which is what the Bauer situation turned out to be. And obviously just a home run deal for the Mets. I mean, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of years. But I think for the Mets, it's something you had to do. Yes, he's 37. Yes, he's starting to show some cracks physically. Couldn't take the ball in game six of the NLCS against the Braves because of, I believe it was a hip injury. Only threw 70-something pitches in game two of that series. Had to come out early. And then back in 2019, remember, he couldn't take the ball in game six of the World Series because of what was a neck injury. Ended up pitching game seven, though. So is he starting to show some cracks? Is the age a concern? Of course. But it's still Max Scherzer. Uh, he started the All-Star game last year, did finish third in Cy Young. Uh, he was outstanding for the Dodgers late in the summer last year after they traded for him from national, from the Nationals. Uh, combined 15-4 and four last year, 2-4 ERA. Numbers are still really good, 179 innings, 236K. So you don't worry about the stuff. You know, he, he is – I guess he marketed himself as, you know what, I'm going to be the Tom Brady of baseball here, my conditioning, my diet. I can pitch well into my 40s. We'll see. But – you had to do it if you're the Mets to put him behind the Grom to bank him your number two. It's man, it's as good as you can get. It's as good as of a duo as you're going to see in baseball. And if you can get in a playoff series with those two guys, you're in great shape. I mean, to throw DeGrom in game one, and you got to keep him healthy, obviously. And to throw Scherzer in game two, that's that's a hell of a start. And pitching goes a long way. I know it's baseball, it's a small sample size. The best team doesn't always win. Look, the Grom can get rocked, Scherzer can rock, you can get rocked, anything can happen. But to start out a series with the Grom game one. Scherzer game two, you know, think about it. You could really pitch those games four times in a five-game series, five times in a seven-game series if you really needed to. So uh, just a great day for the Mets. It sounds like Matt, Stephen Matz, was, looked like he was going to sign with the Mets early last week. And I guess him not signing, the deal fell through. It really ticked Stephen Cohen off, the owner of the Mets, to a point where, I don't know, it looks like maybe it flipped the switch with Cohen. Uh, I know most people probably weren't following that. Matt's isn't a big-time free agent. It was Thanksgiving week, uh, kind of a middling pitcher. But the Mets thought they had a deal to bring Matt's back. It fell through for whatever reason. And then Cohen ended up tweeting that Matt's agent acted in, quote, a way that was extremely unprofessional. Uh, unprofessional. And you know what? Maybe that lit a spark. A couple of days later, the Mets go on a shopping spree, uh, a three-day shopping spree starting on Black Friday. Signed three position players on Friday. And now these move with Scherzer to combine with the three guys, three position players. They signed Friday evening, Friday afternoon. And 
you know, this three, four day stretch, this Thanksgiving Day weekend, will go down and that's more as a turning point. Uh, if they can, you know, get to a World Series, if they turn this franchise around, this has been a franchise that's, you know, had some rough times. They were victimized by the Ponzi scheme with Bernie Madoff. The Wilpons, who owned the team, suffered uh, financially. The franchise suffered. Weren't in the mix for big-time free agents. And, you know, ultimately the fans suffered for a long time. They were kind of a second-class citizen. And, you know, now Cohen takes over. Last year, it didn't go great. They did get Lindor, but they did make a huge splash in free agency otherwise. But the team, you know, has a good start last year. Can't quite pull away in the, in the NL East, which wasn't a great division. And then eventually, you know, DeGrom gets hurt and the team falls apart. Can't hit, can't hit with men on base. End up finishing, I think, eight games under 500. Uh, 77 and 85, I believe, was their final record. So, but look, this, this past Thanksgiving weekend, it, it marks the dawn of a new era. Uh, an era where the Mets, let's face it, they're looking like the new Yankees, the new Dodgers in terms of spending, in terms of being aggressive. Now, look, they still have to go out and do it on the field. I understand that. But being aggressive in the winter, being aggressive, going after the best players, getting the best players, being in the mix for free agents, that's a big part of it. And, you know, it looks like that's going to be the new reality for the Mets and for their fans. And this past weekend is the symbol, I, I think, of a turning point for the Mets where, you know, maybe you look back in five years, 10 years and say, you know what, that's when things started to change for the Mets as a franchise. Um, so Scherzer gets done three years, 130, 43.3 uh, average annual value. I, think, I believe that's the record for a pitcher. Second time Scherzer has set a record in terms of AAV for a pitcher. So it's a lot of money. But look, Cohen's got $14 billion. I saw a picture of Cohen where. Uh, he, he's sitting on it, I think his couch and there's a painting behind him and the painting's worth $110 million. So money's not really an object as much as, you know, it sounds crazy to say $110 million is nothing to the guy. $110 million is, is not a lot in retrospect. When you look at the guy's got $14 billion or so. So um, Mets just a great weekend. Scherzer was a good move. And I think all the guys on Friday were really good moves uh, and we can get into them for, for a minute here. Uh, all very solid moves, all winning moves, no huge splashes until Scherzer, but I think all guys that can help you win baseball games. Let's start. Eduardo Escobar is a switch hitter, uh, plus defender, versatile, can play all three positions in the infield. Actually played a little at first, so he can play second, third, short, even started a dozen or so games, I believe, at first base last year. Hit 28 homers with Arizona and Milwaukee, made the all-star team, drove in 90 runs. Uh, two-year deal so not much in terms of long-term risk which you like and look he's just a good player he's versatile productive and here's the other thing he's durable he plays he plays every day and that's big for this Mets team who's let's face it they've had a, a lot of trouble keeping guys healthy so a guy that you can run out there and play every day just plug him in the lineup is very important good defense he'll produce for you can switch it does a lot so a uh, good move there with Escobar Starling Marte four years 78 million uh, he is 33. No one is a great defender. Some of the advanced stats had him uh, regress a little bit last year where he's still above average, but only slightly above average. And you figure as he gets older, uh, that will still continue to decline. Still plus defender. Did have a career year at the plate, hit over 300, uh, drew a lot of walks, split his season as well with the Marlins and the A's. The A's traded him uh, late July or so for Jesus Lazardo. Uh, good player. Not sure if they'll play him in center, but definitely a useful piece, a solid addition to the lineup. 
Not sure if he'll play center. Uh, another guy who could play center, though, is another guy the Mets added. That is Mark Conha, who the Mets also got Friday. A little bit of power, kind of, I would say, average power. Good on-base guy. Got a little pop. Uh, you know, he he's, was a good on-base guy for Oakland, and that's a tough hitter's ballpark. You know, a ton of foul ground. Not an easy place to hit. Not an easy place to get on base consistently and to hit at a high level. But uh, he, he was very proficient at getting on base. He did get hit 27 times last year, which led the league. So I don't know how much of that on base uh, is sustainable, but he, he's still a guy who draws plenty of walks, a little pop, uh, hit 26 homers in 2019. That was pretty much a career year, a little bit of an outlier, not more than, you know, average power other than that, but he's a guy who's an outfielder. He can play a little first base. He can play all three positions in the outfield, which again, like Escobar, he give, gives you some versatility. Uh, average center fielder, I'd say probably a little above average if you move him into right field or left field, but just a good player, gives you some versatility, gives you another bat. Not sure the Mets, well, not sure what the Mets will do in terms of center field. They still have Nimmo, who's a good player, and he's a plus defender in center. He just can't stand the field. He is always hurt. You know, he's another one. He's always crashing into walls, doing something. Maybe moving him off of center field will cut down on some of his wear and tear, and you just live with the drop-off in defense just to keep Nimmo on the field and alleviate some of the injury concerns for Nimmo, which, you know, that that's part of playing center field. You're going to get hurt more than, you know, playing left or right. But the Mets, they had three good players, three sort of under-the-radar signings. You know, nobody's, nobody that's going to really grab a headline, grab the you know your attention, but Kanha, Escobar, Marte, and now Scherzer, which will grab your attention. Uh, I did get the Mets. I bet them last night 20-1 to 1 to win the World Series. Just – you know, to have it in my pocket, I think it's a great price. I, I see the line has moved to 11 to 1 most shops now. So uh, it, that's the Mets scenario. They make a huge splash. They go from 20 to 1 to 11 to 1. They will be in the mix uh, in, in this baseball season coming up. And at least one of the New York teams is active and making moves. It would be nice if somebody were uh, – we wake up the Yankees, maybe poke them with a stick, give them a little nudge with their elbow. Uh just let them know, hey, the offseason has started. We are underway. You can sign somebody. So the Yankees have done pretty much nothing. Uh, now, before we kill them, there is still plenty of talent out there. There's a lot of guys that there's still plenty of options here to improve your ball club. But, ball club, but this has become really a, a troubling trend, just a, a new look. Just same way it's a new look Mets this offseason. It's a, become a new look Yankees these past three or four years. It's conservative it's passive it's i mean let's face it it's cheap to be fair they have become cheap the last handful of years signing a garrett cole notwithstanding they have gotten away from what made them the yankees what made them successful and that is or at least that was being relentless in terms of always adding talent always being in the mix constantly adding constantly improving the roster and just not the Yankee way anymore. They, they're very patient. They're very conservative. Everything has to be the right deal. You know, Marcus Simeon signs with the Rangers and, and you see the reports. Well, the Yankees were interested. They were talking and it's a lot of talking. It's not a lot getting done. So Yankees still a lot of work to do. A lot of improvements needed for this roster. Uh, need an outfielder, need a shortstop, need a first baseman, uh, probably a bullpen arm, probably another starting pitching. So Slow start to the winter for the Yankees. It looks like we're going to have a flurry of deals over the next 24 hours as the CBA expires December 1st. So a lot of these players and these teams want to get settled in and situated before what could be, now hopefully it isn't, but what could be a long, long work stoppage. 
Uh, hopefully that's not the case. But that's the baseball scenario. The Mets make the headlines. Uh, that is, look, that's a hell of a weekend. When you can add those three players, you can add Scherzer to put him next to DeGrom. Uh, big weekend for the Mets. Yankees still napping. Uh, that's the baseball scenario. When we come back, we'll do the Giants and the Jets. This is the New York City Cash presented by Play Sugar House Sportsbook. Play Sugar House Sportsbook has taken its game to the next level. Not only has it added robust same-game parlays for football, it's playable in a new state, Connecticut. Whether you want to place your bets in New Jersey or Connecticut, you can count on Play Sugar House Sportsbook to deliver a one-of-a-kind experience from your first bet to your fast payout approval. Download the Play Sugar House app or go to PlaySugarHouse.com today. Must be 21. Playable in New Jersey or Connecticut. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey or 888-789-7777 in Connecticut. The VEASAN midseason football special is here. Put the VEASAN betting experts to work for you. From now through February for only $99. The daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of football season for only $99. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We are back. This is the New York City Cast presented by Play Sugar House Sportsbook. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe. If you would do that, we would really appreciate that. Okay, on to the football. Uh, we'll start with the Giants again. The Giants win. They beat the Eagles 13-7. to Defense played very well. Uh, the offense under Freddie Kitchens, not much more productive than really the offense under had. The offense had been under Jason Garrett, really. You know, one touchdown yesterday, 13 points. Thought they left some points on the board, especially early. Gaudet, I thought, was interfered with in the end zone on the drive. It was third down. Uh, I think it was the first quarter where it looked like clear pass interference to me in the end zone. Uh, Gaudet also had a chance to catch the ball. No flag. He doesn't come down with it. They settle on a field goal, which was good. Call it 3-0. Next drive, they drive again. They end up missing a field goal from Gano, who's a good kicker, but missed this one, just pushed it to the right. Then the drive after that, they crossed midfield again uh, before. I think they took a sack and it had to punt. So, you know, they had their chances early, three drives across midfield, uh, including a you know bad no call in the end zone. So instead of having you know, 14, 17 points, the Giants still only had three, but they did lead 3 nothing and. Uh, right before the half, Hertz drives the Eagles down the field, first and goal from the two, 92-yard drive, and doesn't get in on first down, doesn't get in on second down, and then third down throws what was just a horrendous interception, uh, as bad of an interception as you're going to see on the NFL level. He rolls right, could have easily thrown it out of bounds. Was outside the pocket, didn't need to worry about grounding. Even if you're grounding, you're still, you know, you're back at the 10. It's, it's an easy field goal, so... Throws it to the right, uh, right to the giant defender. I think it was Crowder who intercepted it. So a 92-yard drive for the Eagles ends up with no points. It's, you don't see a lot of 92-yard drives, period. Never mind 92-yard uh, drives that end up with no points. Just an awful throw, an awful decision from Hertz, who was terrible in the game. Absolutely terrible. Three bad interceptions. Could have easily had a couple or more. I am not a fan of Hertz. Uh, was under 100 yards passing for most of the game until very late. Just not an NFL quarterback to me. I mean, not an NFL passer to me. He's more of a gimmick play. He can run a little. He can throw a little. You know, I can understand if you have him in that. I don't know, Cordell Stewart, Antoine Randall Elroy, where you use him in a formation as a gimmick play, uh, trick play, if you want to 
you know, get him involved in some way. But to me, as a franchise quarterback, I just do not see it. Uh, but for as badly as he played, the Giants could not put the game away on offense. They just couldn't. Up 10 nothing, they pick off Hurts in the second half. A, a couple of first downs there probably seals the game. Can't do it. They go three and out. Then again, they're up 10-7. They can't finish the drive late. They settle for three to make it 13-7. And at 13-7, they cause a fumble. They get the ball back. Uh, one first down ends the game, but with, with the Eagles do have all their timeouts. What do the Giants do? They go three and out. And next thing you know, the Eagles, again, they, they call all their timeouts, but they got the ball at their own 40 to start the drive. And as poorly as the Eagles played, as poorly as Hurts played, they had a golden opportunity to win it. Rager drops two balls that would have given the Eagles the ball game. At least the second one definitely would have. The first one, there was like 45 seconds or so to go. So the Giants still would have had time on the other end to kick what would have been a game-winning field goal uh, after that. But the second one, clock was under, I think, 15, 20 seconds, right at the goal line, wide open. And ball wasn't tipped. Ball wasn't deflected. There wasn't pass interference, just – uh, really an embarrassing drop by Jalen Rager, who the Eagles actually picked in the first round over Justin Jefferson, who might be the best receiver in the league. So uh, that that drop, that pick was magnified yesterday as Rager drops two balls. I'm sure he is public enemy number one in Philly right now. I'm sure you know fans want him cut, fans want him out. That's just, look, you can't blame him. That was a bad drop, and we know how Philly fans are, but that was, that was as bad as anything. And you know, cost the Eagles the game may ultimately cost them a playoff spot too, because if you look at it, they could have won that game. And if they do that, they would be holding the seven seed all by themselves at six and six with the jets on deck and, and an easy schedule ahead of them. But instead they lose and they join what is the morass. That is the NFC wildcard picture where nobody's really out of it. Other than Detroit, if Seattle can win tonight, they'll be at four wins also. Uh, Washington plays Seattle tonight. Washington with four wins. Seattle with three wins. Uh, so, so Washington with four. The Giants and the Bears also have four. And let's go through the five-win teams here. There's a lot of them. The Vikings, the Saints, the Falcons, the Eagles, and the Panthers, who just found out McCaffrey is out for the year. Uh, Newton's been a disaster. I don't see the Panthers making a run. Uh, currently, the Vikings own the, sp the, the final spot. The Niners are the six seed at six and five. The Vikings are the seven at five and six. And let's just go through it here. The Vikings do on the final spot because they only have six losses. The Panthers and the Eagles, some of these other teams already have seven losses, having not had their bye yet. Uh, I think the Vikings are the best team of that group. They remarkably, they've led every game by seven or more points. They're the only team in the league to do that. Uh, they only have two games with, they, they do have two games with the Bears left as well as the Lions this week. So they should get to six and six this week. Still have a home game against the Steelers. Still have a home game against the Rams. Those games all of a sudden don't look as daunting for the Vikings who, uh, you know, look, if you, a few weeks ago that Ram game looked brutal, but the Rams have not won a game since beating the Texans on Halloween, which is hard to believe. They have just played terribly. Stafford's played terribly. So nobody out of it other than Detroit in the NFC, which is remarkable. And Detroit's actually not mathematically eliminated with no wins here almost to December, which is just hard to believe. But – I would favor Minnesota getting that final spot. I do think they get to nine wins, but it's Minnesota and they are snake bitten and you can never trust that team, that franchise, especially that quarterback who didn't know where to sign up, uh, where to line up yesterday is pretty, pretty tough one uh, in a big spot. Fourth and goal ends up having to burn a timeout. Just, just, you can't make it up. Just, just brutal, but everyone's in it. 
And if Seattle wins tonight, everyone except Detroit is within a game of that final spot, which is just remarkable, including Atlanta, who you look up, you think of Atlanta just being this terrible team. You look up, they're five and six, too. So uh, that's the NFC picture. The Giants still not out of it, which is amazing. Still not out of it. I mean, their schedule is not impossible either. I mean, they got Washington again. They got the Eagles again. They got Miami, who's playing better. So, you know, if you can get to eight wins, you got a shot, as crazy as it sounds. But that seven seed, that extra wild card spot really opens things up here. Just quickly on the Jets, uh, they beat the Texans 21-14. They cover. The game stays under the total. Jets trailed 14-3 early, came back, scored the next 18 points, won the game 21-14. The defense does a decent job, doesn't get run over for a change, which is nice to see. Uh, So the defense actually does a decent job. They hold the Texans to under four yards per play. Just two really bad teams, man. If you're sitting there watching every play of this game, I, I give you a lot of credit. It wasn't pretty. A lot of sacks, bad offense, turnovers, you name it. Just a ugly ball game. The story for the Jets, and this is the story for the Jets the rest of the year. Zach Wilson does return to the lineup after missing a month or so. And despite the win, despite the comeback, uh, let's face it, Wilson stunk in the game. Did nothing. Uh, poor throws, bad decisions. Only throws for 140 yards against What's a terrible Texan defense, a slow defense, a defense that's gotten gashed a lot of times this year. And look, you got to be fair. This is an offense that had moved the ball very well with Mike White at times. With Flacco last week, they moved the ball well. Hell, even with Josh Johnson, they moved the ball well for three quarters or so against the Colts. And listen to this stat. This is the stat that has to concern you if you are the Jets. Uh, Look at this. With Wilson at quarterback, the Jets averaged 267 yards per game on offense. With every other quarterback not named Zach Wilson, the Jets are averaging 454 yards per game on offense. So 267 yards per game with Wilson, 454 yards per game with everybody else. So that's a tough stat. That's a pretty damning stat. It shows you how far behind Wilson is. And Look, he's a rookie quarterback. Is there still a path to him being decent? Yes. I mean, I'm not confident of it, but you can't write him off just because he is a rookie. But and that is some of these numbers are very damning. And Look, this is really all that matters the rest of the year for the Jets, and that is to see some uh, encouraging signs from Wilson and to see some signs that Wilson is the guy. And you know, we really haven't seen that so far. We really haven't seen many, many signs. I don't know what you'd point to if you're going to say, you know what, Zach Wilson's our guy. Other than the fact that you picked him second overall, I don't know you know, what proof, what evidence you have that he's the guy. I haven't seen any. So uh, the Jets win. Wilson still looks like a bust to me. I mean, he's played terribly. Uh, the Jets are going to have a high pick. You know, I, I doubt they give Wilson the Josh Rosen, your one and done treatment and pick a quarterback and just sell low on Wilson. I don't think they're going to do that, but it's not crazy. I, I would think about it. And I know it's not a great draft, but I would probably be looking for a quarterback. Look, I, I never would have picked it to begin with, but uh, I don't think the Jets will do that. But I, I you know I think eventually a couple of years down the road, they're probably going to do that. It was ugly again yesterday for Wilson, but the Jets do win. They improve to three and eight. Uh, they host the Eagles next week. The Eagles actually a touchdown favorite against the Jets in New York. Interesting. Eagles playing MetLife two weeks in a row. Remember the 49ers, I think it was last year, weeks two and three played the Giants week two and then the Jets week three. So uh, the Eagles, it's a favorable schedule for the Eagles. You don't have to get off, you know, you don't have to get on a plane. Not a lot of travel. Some of these teams down the stretch, the Eagles still play the Giants again, the Jets. Uh, Washington a couple times. So really a a tough loss yesterday for the Eagles, but that's the next game on deck for the Jets who 
let's face it, three and eight, just playing out the string. Uh, it's a matter of who they pick, when they pick. Can they get something out of the quarterback? Uh, just, just a tough game to watch yesterday against the Texans, but they do get the win to improve to three and eight. Uh, that pretty much covers the Jets. We do have Monday night tonight. Seattle and Washington, not a great game. Uh, this line is ping pong back and forth. It is now Washington minus one at play Sugar House Sportsbook. I believe the total is 46. I just want to double check that. Uh, I would favor I would favor Washington. Seattle has really played terribly. Uh, over his, over under is forty seven. It plays Chicago Sportsbook. Washington minus one. Uh, I would favor Washington. Seattle has really played terribly since Wilson came back. Since Wilson came back, they have nineteen drives on offense, one touchdown. Uh, I don't know if it's the hand. They really left a lot of plays on the field last week against the Cardinals. A lot of guys wide open. He just didn't see them. Didn't throw it accurately. And look, he's got two really good receivers in Metcalf and Lockett. Seems like we're on the last legs of the Carroll Wilson era. I'd be shocked. I'd, I'd make them a huge underdog to both be back next year. I think uh, one of them, if not both of them, are gone. You could, I, I could clearly see Wilson being ready to move on to another team. I, I think it's the end of the Pete Carroll era. Seems to be hell-bent on running the ball, uh, playing conservative football. Not really uh, a modern-era coach, so... Seattle hasn't played well. Washington, after a bad start and high expectations, has actually strung together a couple of wins in a row. Uh, they won the game last week. They beat Tampa uh, the week before that in a big upset. So Washington has not played terribly. They're still in the mix. Look, they figure if they win tonight, they're, they're at five wins. And like we said, the Vikings hold the seven seed with five wins. So uh, Washington's not out of it. None of these teams are out of it. Like we mentioned, I would go with Washington tonight. Uh, Seattle just not played well since Wilson got back. Actually allowed 434 yards last week to the Cardinals, and that's the Cardinals with no Murray and no DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, this game is in Washington. I lean Washington. Uh, like I said, this line is ping-pong back and forth from both teams being favored by a point or so, total around 47, 47 and a half. And what should be a cold night, I don't know how the weather's going to be otherwise. seems like it's going to be mild. It should be a cold night, which you wouldn't think would favor Seattle, especially – you know, with, if that hand is still an issue, it could tighten up in the cold weather. But lean Washington tonight. Uh, we covered the Mets. We covered the Jets. Big day for the Mets as they add Scherzer. They add three players over the weekend. Uh, Yanks hopefully will get going here. But that should do it. We'll be back Wednesday to discuss the Knicks, the Nets, uh, obviously more football. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the New York City Cast presented by Play Sugar House Sportsbook. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.